0: Just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers, it's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion, yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Sitting here recording in the early morning hours. Of January second, a Sunday. And as I look at my phone, I see that the temperature outside my condo here is currently minus fourteen. I'm not talking about wind chill. I'm talking about the actual fucking temperature. And I'll give you a tip about going out of doors when it's minus fourteen. Don't fucking do it. (laughs) It's crazy cold. It's ridiculous. It's dangerous. If you get stuck outdoors somehow with minus 14 degree temperatures, it can literally kill you. So you have to be very careful. I'll give you one other tip here. If you want to come to Minnesota and see all the things that are beautiful in Minnesota, and there are many things, of course, do not come in January or February. Those are the coldest months in Minnesota. And it's not crazy to see it minus five, minus ten, minus twenty, even minus thirty at times. And then you factor in the wind chill, if there is wind, and it gets even colder. There is no good reason to come to Minnesota when it's this fucking cold. I'm already here. Now, I should be planning to go someplace warmer, and we will probably do that in the next week or so, but we've been dealing with the holidays. We did go to Phoenix for one day, but uh, I want to go someplace where it's actually hot and uh, spend three or four days just to thaw out from the shit we deal with in this state. I always bitch about the cold. I have since I was a small child. I hate cold weather. And when it's really hot out there and humid, I never bitch because I'd much rather have that than the cold. People argue with me about this all the time. They say, well, we go ice fishing, skiing, snowmobiling. Well, that's great, but I don't do any of that shit, so it doesn't matter. There is no valuable reason for me to have cold weather where I live. <laughs> it just just isn't important to me. But it is cold as shit. You know, if you grew up in Minnesota at one point in your life, and it was me too, you had to have a cold day like this and just out of curiosity, you had to stick your tongue on a metal pole. In my case, it was a monkey bar. And as soon as you do it, it sticks. It locks on like like super glue, and you have to make a decision. Do you stand there and continue to look like an idiot, or do you just gut it out, and rip it off. Well, most people just rip it off. It's a natural reaction. You're stuck and you want to get away. You pull it off. But then you pull the skin off your tongue and it hurts for like about a week afterwards. So the best advice is don't stick your tongue on a metal pole. But every kid in this state had to do it at least once. And they have the story behind it. (laughs) I tell you, man, cold weather... Is not my favorite. And one of my biggest fears about cold weather is uh, driving in it. I've told you I was a uh, traffic reporter. I've seen many crazy things, and uh, cold weather often causes all kinds of problems, not only in terms of accidents but stalled cars for any number of reasons. And uh, when you've got family and friends out driving around in this kind of weather, I get concerned about them. What if they get stalled? What if they uh, end up in a ditch? And it's happened to people in my family before. And I always tell them, here's my number. If you get stuck, you get in a ditch or something when it's this cold, call me. I'll get there as soon as I possibly can. So when you come to Minnesota, and I recommend that you do, Spring is okay. Summer is beautiful. Fall is beautiful. Winter can be okay. December, March. You know, for a lot of people, March is spring, and it's the start of spring here, but we can technically get more snow in March than any other month. The only good thing, it starts to warm up and you don't get the sub-zero temperatures. So right now, outside my door, it's minus 14 degrees, and in my Mind, that's fucked up. (laughs) I'm not going out there until it at least hits zero. That's the weird thing about it when you're dealing with temperatures of minus 10, 14, 20, whatever it is. When it finally gets up to 10 degrees above zero, you think to yourself, damn, this is kind of nice. This ain't so bad. (laughs) People in Minnesota go through some shit. And that's why when you go someplace warmer and it's 50 degrees outside, people are in shorts and T-shirts when they're from Minnesota. To them, that's crazy fucking warm. All right, let's get to, uh, get to getting, as they say. You know, we're in the second day of 2022, and the last couple of days watching TV and seeing things on the Internet, it's all about recapping 2021. In fact, I did it in the last podcast. I talked about some of the big stories that happened in 2021 that are actually impacting us even now in 2022. But everybody wants to go back over the year and pick out those things that were crazy or hard or bad or wrong. And unfortunately, in 2021, there was a shitload of them. You could do a mini series on all the bad shit that happened in 2021. And that's kind of my point here. Okay, for January 1st, maybe even January 2nd, we'll recap what the the year was like. But at this point in time, at this moment in history, we can't too, take too much time wasting on what already happened, worrying about the past. We really got to focus on the future. We've got 11 months until the midterms, and those midterms are going to be pivotal and very decisive about which way this country goes. Is it's going to go better, stay Democratic, or are the Republicans going to win, and uh, they're taking us toward a dictatorship, uh, autocratic, uh, or fascist society? Now, in most cases, if you'd heard that in the past, you'd say, oh, you're just, you're just exaggerating. But as we know what happened in 2021, it's not an exaggeration at all. That's, quite frankly, very serious. Everything the Republicans have done is tried to undermine the democracy, overthrow the government. That's about as serious as this shit gets. So this coming 11 months is maybe the most important 11 months in our recent history, at least in our lives. There have been some pivotal, pivotal times in, in our history, those of us that are even 61. A lot of things happened in the 60s and 70s. But this one 11-month period is very important to this country, and it can change the direction of everything depending on what happens. And that's why I'm saying it's okay to remember what happened in 2021. But we don't have a lot of time here. We need to start focusing on now and in the future and getting some things done. You know, whenever you're talking about politics or the government, it seems like everything moves at a snail's pace. You know, I get this all the time. You know, I'll do a post about things happening with the Republicans or Donald Trump. And somebody will inevitably say, well, Donald Trump's not in jail yet. Well, no, he's not. I don't know if he'll ever be in jail, but he does need to be held accountable. And what bothers me about that is people will say that as if, well, it should happen now. It should happen under the time frame I decide. And if not, it's never going to happen. That's such a fucking childish attitude and not a good attitude going into the future. I've said this before, anytime you go into anything, whether it be a competition, a job, a relationship, or the next 11 months in this country, if you have a negative attitude, if you go into it with a failing attitude, or uh, you just don't believe that you can win, because either you're pouting about what didn't happen, that you wanted to happen, or you just seriously believe there's no chance at winning. My question is, why go at all? I mean, if you're playing in some sporting event, you say, I know I can't win, I know I can't win. What's the point of playing the fucking game? You've already beaten yourself. There is no value in you going into that. If you know you've already been beat, the other guy's confident, and he knows he can win, it's a foregone conclusion. It's a done deal. You've already fucked yourself in your own mind. And that's what we have to avoid doing with the next 11 months. Because these next 11 months are going to go against what we're normally used to seeing. As I said, the government, politics moves at a snail's pace, but they can't afford to do that now. They dicked around and they took things a little slower and people put up roadblocks and such for the first 12 months of Joe Biden's presidency. But this particular stretch, they can't afford to do it. Now, here's the problem. The Republicans, the obstructionists, they will do everything they can to slow it down. There are some things they can do on the Democratic side to stop that, but they haven't been willing to do it as yet, like cutting out the filibuster or pushing the issue with Joe Manchin and Christian cinema, putting some pressure on them. You know, it's funny, Joe Manchin and cinema say, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. We've got a president in Joe Biden, the most powerful man in the world. There are things he can do to bring pressure to those people. But Joe's a nice guy, so he hasn't done that as yet. Well, we've got 11 months left. That pressure better start to mount. That cutting out of the filibuster better happen. And quickly, and very quickly. That voting rights bill needs to pass quick, fast, and in a hurry. January, February at the latest. That's got to get done. And if it means cutting out the uh, filibuster, well, then Joe needs to put his uh, boxing gloves on. Go to Mansion and Cinnamon. Said we're fucking doing this or else, because this is too important. So what we're going to see in the next eleven months is going to be essentially a sprint, not a meandering walk like we normally see in this country. I heard an interview with Barack Obama. He was being interviewed by Mark Merrin, you know, the WTF podcast. Good podcast, by the way. He does good interviews. But he interviewed Barack Obama a while back. And he, Barack Obama said that people always got mad because things didn't change quickly. And he said in that interview that uh, people have to understand nothing, nothing in government moves quickly. Sometimes it takes months. Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes it takes decades to actually change something in our government. Well, that may have been the case up to this point. But we've never seen a situation like we have now. We haven't been as desperate as we are now. These people that have been willing to let things go slow, are going to have to change their mindset. They're going to have to change their strategies because some serious shit has got to get done now. We can't worry about what happened in 2021. That's all all over and done. All that can do is drag us down. We don't have time for that. We need to put on running shoes and go at this thing fast and furious. And that's honestly what I think we'll see. I mean, I'm not the only one that understands that we're in a desperate situation. The Democrats know this. The progressive Democrats certainly know this. Joe Biden knows this. He knows that in 2022, if the Democrats lose the House and the Senate, well, everything's fucking done. Anything Joe Biden wants to do, it's not going to get done. So the plan should be get as much stuff done as you can before 2022. If you don't win the House or don't win the Senate or lose both, well, then at least you got a bunch of things done. But if you win in uh, November of 2022, you maintain the House and you maintain maintain the Senate. That's okay. You got a bunch of stuff done in 2022. Now you're in a position to do even more. Joe Biden has said the Build Back Better Bill is transformational in this country. And it certainly is, because it's not something we've seen in 70, 80 years. So that needs to pass. They need to do that in the next few months in order to create that transformational situation. Because if the uh, Democrats lose in November, that'll never get done. The Republicans will never, ever do anything transformational for the middle class. It just won't fucking happen. So... They need to pick up the speed in the next 11 months. We need to get things moving uh, with our investigations. We have the Manhattan District currently looking at uh, Donald Trump's finances and his company, uh, and that is moving along pretty quickly. We have a new district attorney there, but he's just as tough and just as strong as Cyrus Vance, who just retired. We have the activity down in Georgia. They're talking about a grand jury. And uh, Donald Trump is on tape committing a crime. So it's justified that there would be some kind of indictment there. The House Select Committee, they're now at the point where they're starting to expose information. And people that were involved in the insurrection, people that are sitting members of Congress, people that were in the administration administration, Donald Trump himself. We're at that point. Now I just heard them say something that kind of bothered me, but maybe it's not a big deal. They're talking about coming up with a preliminary presentation from the Select House Committee in the summer uh, this next summer in 2022. Well, that will tell me that tells me that they expect this is going to go on beyond the election, which is not something you can plan on unless you plan on winning uh, in November with the Democrats. And part of the reason why the Democrats might win in November of 2022, it's because of all that's been exposed from this House Select Committee investigation of the insurrection. So to offer a preliminary presentation in the summer, seems like it's going to extend longer than I think it should. They've already interviewed 300 people. They've got other people that are not wanting to testify, but they're going to go to the DOJ. We need to start seeing some action from the House Select Committee very quickly. Now we know that at some point in January or February, we are going to start seeing um, televised hearings. Who that's going to be and what they're going to be talking about, I'm not sure. But you can count on the Democrats pulling out the most egregious stuff and showing it to let people know exactly what's going on. We've kind of seen that to an extent with what uh, Liz Cheney and uh, uh, the people on the House Select Committee have been releasing at this point. You know, we've got the... uh, Text and the documents from Mark Meadows Some of that is pretty compelling Some of that is pretty damning And they release that pretty quickly They understand they have to Not only set the narrative But control the narrative through this whole thing And so I'm hoping That now we're past The first of the year The holidays are behind us I mean, that's a big problem when we're dealing with the government, whether it be New Year's, Christmas, Thanksgiving. These fucking congressmen take so much time off, it's impossible to get anything going. Well, now that's done. That's behind us. So let's see some action. Let's see some information and some people being exposed for who they are. And this is all very important coming into 2022. They need to expose just how criminal The Republicans are. They need to do everything they can to hamper the Republicans winning in 2022. The Build Back Better deal will help. The infrastructure bill will help. The voting rights bill will help. But we also need to get exposed this whole situation with the insurrection. Show people that Republicans in Congress, that Donald Trump himself, were part of this whole effort And part of something that is never really happened in this country, certainly not in our history and not in our time, Um, nobody's tried to overthrow the government since, I don't know, 1812, maybe the uh, Civil War, but certainly not in our lifetimes. When a group of people try to overthrow our government, if they'd been foreign entities from outside the United States— That would be an act of war. But the Constitution also provides for the president and our Congress protecting us from domestic terrorists. And that's exactly what these people are. You can't describe them any other way. A group of people trying to overturn an election and overthrow the government. That is absolutely treason. And that is absolutely domestic terrorism. That needs to be exposed, and we need to educate people. Unfortunately, there's a faction of people out there that only watch Fox News, OAN, and Newsmax who don't know anything. They don't know the truth. They only know what they've been told. So this information has to be exposed and spread wide and far so everybody understands what's going on. And even these people that might be supporting Donald Trump at this point, even them, even they won't be able to deny what was done and how dangerous it was to our country. And I know a lot of you will say to me, yeah, but there are certain people, there are certain people in this country that won't believe anything, no matter who tells them or where they're told. And that's true. That is true. However, that group of people is not that big. That is about, at best, 30% of this country. These are the 30% of the dumb, the ignorant, the gullible, the people that still follow Donald Trump. There's a lot of people beyond that in the Republican Party that just stick with the Republicans because they hate Democrats so much. But once they hear these things that were going on and have absolute proof that these people did what they did, they're going to have no choice but to step away from Donald Trump and the Republican Party. So that's why it's important that we need to get that going and get that exposed one way or another. Again, we've got 11 months till November, the midterm elections of 2022. We've seen everything slow walked at this point from impeachments all the way through the first year of Joe Biden. Everything's gone too slowly. I think everybody feels that way. People will complain to me about that. Trust me, I feel the same way. I understand there's a certain amount of process and there are certain things that have to do to do it right, but I still feel anxious and still want it to go faster because we know we're on a small timetable. November, 11 months. So one of two things are going to happen. This thing is going to pick up speed. It's going to get fast and furious for 11 months. It's going to make our heads spin because that's what the Democrats need to do in order to win in 2022 the midterms. So we can only hope that happens, that things do run a sprint here, that it does get crazy and hairy with everything that's happening from bills being passed to people being exposed. Now, the other option's a little more difficult to accept. If the Democrats just do what they do, take things slowly, take their time, don't understand the importance of rushing these situations now because you've lost a lot of time in the first year. If they don't do that, then we could be in for a lot of trouble. I'm still not sure that the Republicans will win in 2022. There's just too much working against them. But if they do, then Joe Joe Biden's presidency has been essentially neutered. As far as 2024, the presidential elections, I don't know who will run for the Democrats. I honestly don't believe that it's going to be Joe Biden. I'm not even so sure that uh, Kamala is going to be running in 2024. She hasn't had a lot to do. There's a little bit of concern about what's going on in the vice presidential office. I don't know if any of that's true or whatever, but Kamala needs to or Kamala needs to bring up her image a little bit if she hopes to be in line to run for president in 2024. There's enough racism out there. There's enough misogyny out there that that could sink her chances unless she comes out quick and strong. I think I saw, who was I listening to? Um, Maybe it was Joe Rogan or somebody. They said Michelle Obama could run in 2024 and win easily, and I, I tend to agree. Michelle's a smart lady. She's had some experience in the White House. I don't know if she'd be a great choice for president, but certainly a far better choice than Donald Trump. So I'm sure she could do it. And since uh, her husband has eight years of experience, uh, she has somebody to go to for advice, and that wouldn't be so bad. But I wouldn't even worry about 2024 at this point, because we don't know what's going to happen with that. We've got to focus on the next 11 months. The Democrats have a lot they need to get done, and I hope they understand the urgency of it, and they get on their bicycles and get this shit working. And we need to keep pushing our representatives, Democrats and Republicans alike, keep talking, keep being loud about it, and keep demanding that they do what they need to do. So it's kind of on us as well as the Democrats. We can only keep our fingers crossed and hope that they do what they need to do because not only the Democrats are at risk here, this country is at risk, and we can't afford them to fail. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, I don't know if you heard about this, but we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of the January 6th insurrection, that horrible, horrible event in this country, that dangerous event in this country. And Nancy Pelosi is planning to commemorate the January 6th insurrection. She says there'll be a slate of events intended as an observance, or of reflection, remembrance, and uh, recommitment in a spirit of unity, patriotism, and prayerfulness. Now, i got to be honest with you. I think this is an excellent idea. Not only because we should remember what happened on January 6th. It's, I won't put it on the same level as 9-11, but it's kind of the same thing as far as the impact on this country. We said in 9-11, never forget. And with this insurrection, we have to have the same attitude. We can never forget. If we forget and we get lazy and somebody else tries this, they might succeed in doing it. And then we're all screwed. But Nancy Pelosi is a very smart woman. She understands the game of politics. She understands the game of partisanship. She understands what we were talking about in the first segment, that right now, as of right now, it's going to be a quick sprint from now until November 2022 in the midterm election. She knows exactly what's up. Nancy Pelosi may be old and you may not like her, but she's been around a long time. She knows what's fucking up. She's shrewd, and um, we should be Happy that she's there to help us through this bullshit time. I don't know that anybody else could do it. Can you imagine if Kevin McCarthy was your Speaker of the House? I mean, this guy's a fucking idiot. He's corrupt, and he's an idiot. Nancy Pelosi, a smart woman. She may have all kinds of problems in her personal life or financial life. I don't care as long as she gets us through this current problem and the fact that our democracy is hanging by a thread. But what she's going to do is commemorate this January 6th insurrection, and we should. People were injured. People were killed. Our democracy was at risk. We were a short bit away from losing democracy in this country. This needs to be remembered. This needs to be commemorated. But this does something else, and Nancy Pelosi knows this. It puts it in the narrative. It offers legitimacy to January 6th. Now, I'm sure you're saying that, you know, of course it was legitimate. It actually happened. But we know for a fact that there is a large number of people that don't believe it happened. So by putting this into the narrative and showing an outpouring of concern and interest in this event is going to go a long way as far as lighting a light bulb above the heads of uh, these Trumplefucks that don't believe it. You know, I was listening to Marjorie Taylor Greene. She was talking about the insurrection and all that was going on. And she said, now she's not very smart either, as you know, but she said, I think everybody thinks like I do, that the insurrection was... Not as big a deal. It wasn't uh, trying to overthrow this country. It was uh, protests, and it's all a fake. I think everybody thinks that because everybody that comes up to me says that to me. Well, that's a pretty arrogant statement. Just because everybody that comes up to talk to her agrees with her, she figures that to be everybody in this country, or at least a majority in this country which is absolute bullshit. The only people that are going to come up to her are the limitedly intellectual trump like her. Sure, everybody she talks to is going to talk about these things, but that's only one small group. What these people have to see is a big event, an outpouring of a lot of people going to these events and participating in them and expressing their concerns about the insurrection. So when a lot of people, like all of us, are part of this and showing our concerns, then somebody like her can't say, everybody thinks that, because here's crowds of people paying tribute to that day, that tragedy. They can no longer work that narrative Because now people can see exactly what's happening. It's not everybody in this country. It's just not a small group of people that like Joe Biden that agree this happened and that it was horrible and dangerous. When big crowds show up or there's a lot of outpouring for this, they can't continue to use that narrative. And those smaller faction of people that believe this bullshit, that it never happened or that it was just... um, Protesters or tourists, and it was nonviolent, they're going to have to think twice about it. You know, Donald Trump loves big crowds. And when the majority of the people are brought into this tribute, this commemoration, they're going to be hard pressed to uh, say it's not true. They can try to tell us that. Uh, all of this is a lie, but when the majority of this country gets behind it, that lie is going to become pretty apparent, and some of the stupid ones will continue to believe that it was just tourist. but all we need to do is get some of those people in the middle or just on the slight right side, get them to understand what's going on, because not everybody that's a Republican is stupid. What I do question is when 70% of all Republicans say that Donald Trump won the election, that is a problem, and that would make you think that the majority of Republicans are stupid. It would tell you that, but I know that there are some people in the middle, when they see these people exposed for who they are, as far as treasonists, seditionists. People in Congress that helped the insurrectionists. And then we bring to light the insurrection and prove beyond a shadow of doubt that it was an American tragedy, that it was one of the most dangerous moments in our history. Those people in the middle, those people a little bit of right on the Republican side, not all the way to the radical right, they have no choice they have to take in that information, believe what they see, and hopefully that will help us in 2022. They're going to see tre- uh, treasonist and seditionist in the Republican Party, and they won't be able to bring themselves to vote that way, given what they've seen and now what they've known. So what Nancy Pelosi is doing here is she's trying to control the narrative. And that's the one thing the Democrats have been horrible at. Donald Trump and the Republicans will come out and say something that's an absolute lie. But they keep saying it. They keep saying it. Then other people start saying it. And other people start believing it. And even though it's a flat-ass lie, it becomes Perceived as true because it's repeated and repeated and repeated over and over. So what the Democrats need to do is take a page from their book, and instead of letting the Republicans control the narrative as they have for five years, they need to take that away from them. And something like this commemoration coming up on January 6th is a first step in doing that. You can say what you want about the insurrection, but we're going to pay tribute to it because it was horrible, it was dangerous, it was putting our country at risk, and all these people believe it, and all these people are never, ever going to forget about it. Now they can control the narrative, throw in all the other factors of the investigations and all the things that are going to be exposed, then they control the narrative. It's a funny thing about America, and it's actually a troubling thing for me. It seems like in this country, we only hear what we want to hear. We're pretty gullible. If somebody says it in a strong voice, for whatever reason, we're dumb enough to believe it. That's why Donald Trump was so successful. So we need to do that in return if we hope to beat the Republicans with their own lies. Democrats have not been good at doing this. They're not good at messaging. They're not good at controlling the narrative. But as I said before, we got 11 months to change shit dramatically. There is no extra time to be had. So what Nancy is doing, she understands we're going to change the narrative. We're going to put it in the ether of how bad it was. Show videos, have commemorations, Have events, have ceremonies, do whatever. Get it out there. Put it in everybody's face so they finally fucking get it. The idea that there's even more than 30% of the people in this country that don't believe that January 6th insurrection was real, that it was tourist or uh, peaceful protest. That's a fucking abhorrent. I mean, it was on national television live. You didn't see that? And now there are videos being released. There was a three-hour video released, which counteracts everything the Republicans and Donald Trump ever said. Now, if you can see this stuff and still not believe it, I don't know that you're capable of understanding anything that's true. And those people are a lost cause. There's no way to change them. There's no way to convince them. But we need enough of all of the country to understand what's going on. We need to keep talking about it. We need to keep it in the narrative. It's actually kind of frustrating when I realized what's going on here. Essentially, in this country, the people that talk the loudest gain the attention of people that uh, are willing to listen. Donald Trump won the presidency because people were very tired about the establishment in government in this country. Hillary Clinton represented represented the epitome of establishment government in this country. That's why she lost. They saw Donald Trump as somebody new, somebody fresh, somebody tough who was going to turn the government upside down, which is what he did. What we didn't know is he was stupid, he was narcissistic, and he was willing to sacrifice the country for his own benefit. That they didn't know. And that not everybody understands for whatever reason. You know, I've talked about how media, whether it be left side, right side, doesn't matter. They tell you those things that will get you excited, upset, sad, mad, angry because they know that's what will keep bringing you back. They'll take things that aren't quite as tenuous as they appear in the headline, but that's all they'll give you because they want to strike an emotion in you. They know that's the way to get you to return and get you to be loyal to that source. If you like what that source is giving you, you're going to keep watching it, which is not how you should do it. You should go to the source that gives you the correct information the true information and gives you all the information that's the biggest complaint i have with left side media they give you what excites you and makes you mad but they don't give you the whole story because if they gave you the whole story it may not be as traumatic that headline they give you these hot headlines and then when you read a little farther well yeah, it's not quite that. Have you ever read a magazine or done something on, on the Internet? and You get this crazy headline, and then when you start reading about it, it's either not that at all, or it's not nearly as bad because the real story explains it better. That's the problem in this country. The government and the media knows that people are inattentive. They have a short attention span, and there's a certain amount of people out there that are just stupid. They can spoon-feed you whatever they want, and you will believe it. we got to get past that. we got to control the narrative, and we've got to get past that. And I hope against hope that that's part of what happens in the next 11 months. Now, let's talk about uh, our COVID situation, and this is getting a little freaky. I mean, we're going into our third year of this pandemic. That's fucking crazy. 1918 was the last serious pandemic. That took two, maybe three years, too. 675,000 people died in the 1918 pandemic. We are now well above 800,000 in 2021. Actually, 2021, 2020, and 2022. It's going to extend easily into 2022. We had COVID 19. That shut everything down, closed everything up. Then we got Delta. Delta was a little more serious. We got more people hospitalized, more people dying. We got the vaccination. We thought we were home free because now the vaccination was available. Many people took the vaccination. 200 million plus have taken the vaccination. But there's still a whole group of people that won't take the vaccination. No how, no way. And what that does, it keeps the virus going, keeps it percolating through people, and then causing more variants. And now we're at the Omicron variant. Now, everybody's feeling a little better about it because it's maybe not as harsh as Delta or even COVID-19. But here's the thing. This fucking thing is spreading like crazy. I mean, like crazy. One doctor said that anybody who's not vaccinated will definitely get Omicron at some point. Now, it is less harsh than Delta, but there are people that are immune compromised or susceptible to certain things. I mean, Here's the thing. People think it's just old, fat people that get sick. That's not true. I know of a bunch of young people that get sick. I know of a, one young man who was an athlete, 19, 20 years old. He got COVID. This was prior to the vaccination. He took a chance. He got COVID. He got through it. No big deal. But later on, he goes down to college someplace, and he's having all kinds of problems, heart palpitations, um, irregular heartbeats. That's a guy who's perfectly healthy. has nothing wrong with him, no heart issues. But all of a sudden, he's getting these long-term effects, presumably from COVID, because there's no other explanation for it. So even if you get Omicron, we don't know enough about it yet to see if there's any long-term effects. And some of those long-term effects are even worse than what happens when you're getting the symptoms while you have Omicron, Delta, or COVID. So you can risk it out there if you'd like, but uh, it's not safe to do that. So everybody that's unvaccinated is going to get Omicron. That seems like a foregone conclusion. But here's the thing. I'm indoors a lot. I don't go out a lot. Uh, Sometimes my wife and I will go out to dinner or or casino or something like that. But we're usually pretty careful about who we get close to. But in the last week, in the last week, I know at least five people that have Omicron. Omicron. These aren't friends of friends. These are people I know and or related to close to me that have Omicron. And it's they have no idea how they got it. They're fairly safe too. They are vaccinated and they are they have the booster. We don't know how much it stops us getting Omicron when we're vaccinated the one thing we do know is that we're not going to get seriously sick and we're not going to be hospitalized and maybe die from it. Everybody who's gotten the Omicron that is vaccinated that I know is doing just fine. It's like a minor cold, maybe a minor flu. It's not a big deal. But it's that way because they are vaccinated. And the real problem here is not that I'm worried about them getting sick or ill, But these people are now in a position to pass it on to other people, maybe other people that are more susceptible. Of course, when they find out they have it, they immediately quarantine themselves like they should. But not everybody's doing that. In fact, if you are are not getting symptoms or serious symptoms, you may not even know you have it. and You'll pass it on to somebody else. Maybe somebody who's not vaccinated, maybe somebody who's immune compromised, or maybe a small child. That's the insidious thing about this. You might get it and you'll be fine. You'll get past it. It'll be over with. But you might pass it on to somebody else. And as more and more this happens, and it is spreading like wildfire, literally, it is going to cause some problems with our economy, our business, our travel. I mean, we're already seeing thousands of flights being canceled, largely because of COVID-19 or Omicron or Delta. People are getting it. They're taking them out of the workforce and putting them in quarantine, and then they've got nobody to do it. I heard about a, uh, uh, an airline. An airline. They have the baggage people on the tarmac taking the baggage on and off of the airplanes. Usually they have a pretty good crew, maybe six, eight guys out there taking care of this. They were so desperate after this COVID-19 thing and people having to be quarantined, there was two older women to do all the planes, all of the planes. So needless to say, everything got delayed. And this causes problems, as I say, in transportation. It will cause problems in jobs. It will cause problems in schools. Now, even if it is an easier virus, it is still going to cause people to be out of circulation for a week to 10 days. And that's going to have a significant effect on what happens in this country. And that's the thing here. That's what you got to understand. This thing is 10 times more infectious than Delta or COVID. So that means almost everybody's going to get this thing. Even if you're vaccinated, you may get it. Now, I love how the Republicans say, well, if you're going to get it anyway, why would you want to get vaccinated? Stupid fucking question, and I'm tired of answering this. I just told you, if you're vaccinated and you get it, then you will be safe. If you're not vaccinated and you get it, you could die. That seems like a simple choice. Seems like a simple idea. Get the fucking shot so you don't die. I don't know. That's enough of an enticement for me to get vaccinated and not pass it along to other people like my grandkids or anybody else that may be immune compromised. Because, see, that's the thing. If you're immune compromised, you're older and you have a lot of physical problems, even though you're vaccinated, you're still at more risk because your body just can't handle it. That vaccination helps, certainly. But because your health is in trouble, this variant is going to, in fact, impact you negatively, maybe seriously, maybe fatally. Some other people have said, look, why don't we just, since it's a lighter variant, let's just let it burn itself out. Well, you can't do that either because, as I said, there are people that are still going to die. 800,000 people have died. More than 800,000 people have died. How many more people are okay to die? I don't want to see one more person die. But unfortunately, that's not going to happen. There are going to be many more people that die. And what the doctors are telling us is that in the next three weeks, it's going to continually grow as far as infections. I mean, one day we had 350,000 infections in the United States alone. One day. That's the largest amount of infections in one day in all of the pandemic. Even in the heat of COVID-19, even in the heat of Delta, We never had this many infections at one time. And what they're saying right now is they've done some simulations on computers and such. And that last week of January, that's going to be the worst. That's when things are really going to get infectious. And that may be when we all get it at one point or another, depending on our current health situation and whether we're vaccinated or not. will have a large bearing on how we do. But when you have 40% of the country that's not vaccinated, therein lies a fucking problem, a big problem. This may burn out after the end of January. We've been seeing what's happening in South Africa, and it gets to a point, it gets hot and heavy, and then it dies off. So if that happens here, that's fine, but we still have two or three or four weeks left of some serious infection rates going on all over this country. You need to be careful. You got one more month at least where you got to be more careful. Wear the mask where it's appropriate or where they demand it or where you just feel safer by wearing it. If you don't have the vaccine, get the fucking vaccine, you idiot. If you have the vaccine but not the booster, get the fucking booster. If you've already committed to the vaccine and you don't have the booster, I don't know what to tell you. Just go get the fucking booster. I'm hearing there may be another booster in January or February. Tell you what, I'll be the first motherfucker in line getting that booster because I'm not screwing with this problem. I want it gone, I want it away, and I want to protect myself and those people around me. So we're going to see what happens in the next few weeks with COVID-19 and uh, Delta and and uh, Omicron. Because while Omicron is the dominant, that doesn't mean the Delta's gone. doesn't mean that at all. I know one person who did get Delta just recently, it wasn't Omicron. And frankly, that's worse, because we know Delta killed a lot of people. The other thing to consider is with all this stuff going on with the pandemic, this is also going to impact how Joe Biden and the Democrats get all those other things done. So this next 11 months, as I said, is going to be fast and furious, and there are going to be stumbling blocks. Of course, the Republicans, they're obstructionists, but all this sickness and this pandemic is not going to help things much. We're going to need some heroes in the next 11 months. I just hope against hope there are some Democratic heroes out there that can push us over the line. And I hope all of you keep pushing, keep talking, keep pushing hard against your representatives because they need to know what we want. All right, we're going to wrap it up for the Rational Boomer podcast. We want to thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have questions or comments, by all means, send me a direct email at rationalboomer at uh, rational, Bo- rational Boomer <laughs> at gmail.com. Rationalboomer at gmail.com. You can send an email to me directly. I will answer it either in an email or on the show itself. So you have yourself a great day. Be safe out there. And we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.